Hi everybody, thank you so much for joining me here today on the All About Love podcast. I hope you're having a fabulous evening, day, and or night, wherever it is that you happen to be in your day. Um, I welcome you into this space. Only guidelines are come as you are, do what you can, push yourself to grow and invest in your healing. Today we're going to be talking about uh, love and self and the political and lots of fun stuff. This will be the first introductory episode into a series of episodes related around this topic. Um, So I hope you really enjoy this and yeah, let's just get right into it. referencing when I reference the political. I'm probably going to reference this a lot, honestly. Excuse me. Um, As I continue to, like, make content and, like, just, like, come here and share this space with you. Um, And I think the political to be everything that exists within a realm of civil society. Essentially, everything society, everything in society, as we know it, exists within the realm of the political and it is inherently political everything from the way that like we think of like everything from things that we think of as autonomous and outside of the political things such as identity or language or culture all of those things are inherently political i see identity to be in and of itself a political marker of our given social location as it pertains to a particular power structure. That is another topic that we're going to get into on another episode, though, when we get into our series on identity. Super excited for that. But anyways, um, so we've defined the political, but there's also like the political sphere. And I think of the political sphere as the core of the political, the things that we typically think about when we think about the political, right? Like things like voting, things like protesting, things like direct interactions at the core of the political that we expect to create material change within the way that power structures that define our world function. Um, think love as defined by bell hooks uh, is a mix of care affection recognition respect commitment trust open and honest communication i want to i want to note that love cannot exist if one of if a single one of these elements is lacking Um, and the context in which bell hooks says that we should look at love is not as a noun, not as a passive feeling, but rather as a verb, as an active engagement with within all of these elements uh, that then translate to love. And I think when applied to self, this can potentially look different from person to person. But I think for me, like the best way that this looks like itself, that this manifests itself is when I think about um, like recognition and that like component of it, I think of how like a lot of people or at least I think a lot of people in my feel like a lot of people in like my like age group slash like my peers um, are really hooked on like external validation uh, instant gratification like the way in which that a lot of people will like take down Instagram posts because they didn't receive like enough likes or love looks like giving this not only to others but also to ourselves on an internal level no longer placing ourselves to be incredibly vulnerable or should I say subjected to the will of other people to grant us attention giving that to myself internally through positive self-affirming statements that um, 
that give me both recognition and acknowledgement for, you know, my efforts, my being, uh, that validation. also look like being like really open and honest with myself about what my true wants and desires are in life I think a lot of what we tell ourselves that we need or what we want or um are based upon expectations that people place upon us like I know like some people will be like yeah like my my parents really want me to be a doctor so I'm gonna go to med school <laughs> um and you know like I don't know, like, I feel like I've heard the stories where they go to med school, or they, like, do pre-med, and then they, like, switch out and become, like, an English major or something like that, and I think it's acknowledging that, um, communicating openly and honest with ourselves that, like, maybe this is not what we want, and that being consciously aware of the things that we have been told about ourselves that we have now internalized, or that I have now internalized, that play a role in the things that I want and skew that reality and that communication I have with myself and by rectifying that and investing in like open and honest communication that is an act of love or committing to like my growth or my healing that is an act of love for myself and like I said this can look different like person to person but I think like generally when approaching self-love just like really need to do away with this idea that it just all starts with putting on a face mask and watching a fun movie that we love I mean wow those things can all be a part of if those things are part of like how like you care for yourself and how you give yourself affection and attention and recognition that's beautiful and I think you should totally keep doing that but also be cognizant that those are not the only aspects of self-love. Those are not the only aspects of the way that we should actively engage in loving ourselves. Self-love starts with this, starts with the idea of A, accepting who we are, where we are, honoring that, and also honoring what we're capable of, who we're capable of becoming and pushing to grow and to become that person, but at a pace that allows for us to rest, that allows for us to recover, recharge, but also live in the moment as we strive for that. And it's this balance of having like the, uh, the view of the bigger picture, but also understanding that it's, it's about placing one foot in front of the other. Um, and however slowly you do that, however quickly you do that, whatever pace you do that is completely 100% okay. Now, how does this notion of self-love really interact with the political at all, right? That's the question you're asking. That's the question I'm kind of asking as I'm rambling. <laughs> um, but essentially the way that I see this, right, is the political exists and is upheld via power structures that give privilege to some and marginalize others. And when I think about the context of revolution, I think revolution typically addresses an abuse of power or an injustice committed by people and institutions in power. So when this engages, when this idea of self-love engages with the political, it acknowledges that there are things about ourselves that were prescribed to us by society, negative notions or perceptions about ourselves that, particularly for me as a black woman, um, notions that I'm like, 
that you know we're cold we're particularly I am cold or I'm aggressive or I lack emotion and it's one of those things where for a long time I, I definitely prescribe to this notion that like yeah like I'm cold I'm so badass I'm strong you know nothing can crack me I'm indestructible not even really realizing how incredibly damaging like how incredibly damaging it is to absorb all of these negative stereotypes about black women especially when none of those things are really true to who I am at my core and so rather we need to just come to terms with the reality that self-love really all starts with self-acceptance accepting ourselves and the vessels which we embody accepting ourselves for where we are in life for the path that we're on or where we are within that journey and all of these things that we are constantly pushing to change within ourselves the first step to self-love and healing and growth is acknowledging where you are um, who you are and what you're capable of and honoring that that doesn't mean being complacent in where you're at in life, but rather acknowledging like I am beautiful, my existence is inherently beautiful and profound, and this is where I am in life, and that is beautiful, but also like I am constantly evolving and I'm constantly changing and I'm human and I want to push myself to evolve and to change the best person that I can possibly be. within society as we know it within the political we are political subjects as political subjects each and every one of us are prescribed a certain narrative expectation or stereotypes as to the people that we're supposed to embody to be able to uphold society and the subscribing to these narratives these oppressive narratives is what feeds civil society it's what upholds the political for example right Particularly, I think about the model minority myth, and I'm not going to go too much into the model minority myth, but it's essentially a series of expectations and narratives about Asian Americans that both perpetuate anti-black violence, but also uphold white supremacy. An example of this, so sorry, sorry, okay, and an example of this, right, um, is the arguments for education being, uh, education being, being skewed towards white affluent communities and then the opposition to this argument then uses the proposition of the model minority myth when you look at um you know the argument goes something along the lines of well you know asian americans do like really well i mean they thrive in academia you know they're doctors or lawyers or this that and the other and they are doing really well within society so then the overall narrative typically shifts from no longer being well education isn't equitable the institution of education is oppressive the institution of education rests on anti-blackness right um it then shifts from that notion and that dialogue and it goes to a conversation about well you know asian americans are doing pretty well asian americans are doctors or lawyers they're doing really well within academia they thrive within stem so it's obviously not a problem with the institution of education it's a problem with all of these minorities and then it shifts the burden of well 
why aren't you more like them? And that's what the conversation is like. And that's how that function, that's an example of how it functions from the institution of education. When we prescribe these political narratives and expectations that are given to us, the way that self-love acts as political resistance is by starting with self-acceptance and accepting who we are outside of these narratives that are given to us at a certain point. Uh, we're resisting against the narratives that fuel society and fuel these oppressive institutions and practices. Like when you think about um, the arguments for defunding the police um, and investing more in community organizations and community-led accountability programs, right? If in our if in our heads, right? If in with within ourselves, we have not abolished or examined the way that we view other people as well as the way that we view ourselves then we'll never truly get rid of the police or we'll never truly get rid of the oppressive practices by the police because it's like if I'm someone and I prescribe to the narratives that you know black men are dangerous they're uh they're aggressive they're this that and the other if I see a black man and and because of the narratives I prescribe to I see him as being a threat to me or it just makes me really uncomfortable um and I call whatever whatever whoever right whatever whoever I would call in that situation in the world where we defund the police and even though maybe it's not a law enforcement agent coming to have an interaction with him maybe it's not someone who will have a gun who is going to have an interaction with that young black man but I'm still forcing an interaction onto that individual who otherwise was minding his business I'm still forcing an interaction between a black man and the state that could overall develop into something uh potentially lethal or life-changing for that person that's still incredibly damaging and I'm still upholding the, the oppressive practices that all of these people tried to abolish because I haven't done the inner work to challenge and acknowledge the ways that I see myself because truly for us to change the way that we see others and the way that we view other people we really have to start with ourselves because if we see ourselves through a certain societal narrative, through this certain oppressive lens, then how do you expect yourself to be able to see other people outside of that oppressive lens? It all starts with self-love and resisting the political narratives that are meant to drive the oppressive political force. That is how self-love is an act of political resistance. That's how self-love can be a point of revolution and how the revolution really without without changing the way that we view the world the way that we navigate the world even if the material conditions and realities of our world change nothing about our day-to-day interactions are really going to be that much different because we're still going to buy into the same narratives and mentalities that fuel the practices that are oppressive towards certain demographic and marginalized certain groups while giving privilege to others I think that's the main way that we need to look inwards and towards self and towards self-love and self-acceptance to truly um, 
mobilize this revolution and really achieve the long-term change that we want to see. I think I personally, the change that I want to see, the change that I know a lot of other people want to see, um, that change, that amount of change will not happen by trying to tackle one institution from one angle. You have to come at it from a variety of angles and you have to come at it from not only the singular institution but the other institutions as well and the way that they've built a network and a web in the way that they function to then trap people within certain material conditions. And I think that acknowledging that this this is something that needs to be done consciously, this is something that needs to be done active. We need to actively engage within loving ourselves, within consciously looking inwards and being critical and being conscious and aware and investing within our own growth after we've after we've uh, analyzed the ways that we contribute to certain things it all starts with self and with that I'm going to leave you with some food for thought that is all I have for you today thank you so much for joining me um, I hope to see you here next week. As always, I'm rooting for you. I'm here for you. I'm supporting you. You are so incredibly beautiful and loved. Uh, if you want to connect with me more, if you want to ask questions, I'd love some feedback. If you wanted to be a guest on the show or co-host an episode with me, that'd also be really cool. Feel free to message me on the Instagram page at allaboutlove.project or on Twitter um, at from the Lion King. <laughs> LOL. Anyways, that's all I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in with me, guys. Alrighty. Bye.